power. Our LSU. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's freaking go. Texas A&M week. It's also Thanksgiving week. I am very thankful for Jaden Daniels, and we're going to talk a lot about him today. But the big story for me going into this week was, well, a week, brother. You get it? Wet weeks? A week? All right. Either way, wet weeks. Um, Brian Kelly says that he has had a gash on his foot which is why they were being cautious with him and they did not play him versus Georgia State. So obviously um, you take a look at the LSU linebacking group or should I say duo, Whit Weeks plays the same position that Omar Spates and Greg Penn play. And after those two, there really hasn't been Anybody playable behind those two outside of Wit Weeks? His brother West, um, I guess you could say, has been the top backup for those two inside linebacker positions, but he has barely played. So Wit Weeks has been the guy that has stepped in and, and played when he's healthy well for LSU. And Wit Weeks is available now for Texas A&M. Brian Kelly mentioned that he had stitches on his foot and they took they they should be out and he should be available for Texas A&M. Now Logan Diggs was kept out for the Georgia State game. He should be available versus Texas A&M for what Brian Kelly called an upper body injury. Obviously, this has been a very um, injury-plagued season for Logan up to this point, but he should be available for the final week of the year. And Andre Sam should be available. He left the game last week, and then he returned. Actually, did not return, but he should be available for Texas A&M. So as far as an injury um, concern for LSU moving forward, LSU should be in a pretty good spot for Texas A&M, which is good news. Now, do we fully believe that Whit Weeks was hurt uh, in these last couple of weeks? Well, if he did have a gash in his foot, then... That obviously is something that would heavily impact your play, right? But when you see some of his teammates tweet out hashtag free 40, um, it's it's strange, right? It is very, very strange that that happened. Now, one of those players was his brother. So obviously, you know, you're, you're going to stoop for your brother. It is a little weird, though, that they play the same position, right? Um, but still... LSU's linebacking group has not been that great this year. It's been very inconsistent. Some of that is schemes. Some of that, of course, is LSU being in a position where um, up front they have had Makai Wingo out, and that, of course, makes life that much more difficult for the linebackers playing behind him. But when Whit Weeks played, he was about at the same level as the current LSU starters. And it does make you ask this question, 
well, why hasn't he been playing? Um, but Brian Kelly does say it was because of injury. So I'll take him for his word unless someone figures out something else. It is a very bizarre situation. It really is. Now, to follow up here, all right, I truly do believe Jaden Daniels and the narrative surrounding him winning the Heisman Trophy has changed, okay? I think, for me, Jaden has to go off versus Texas A&M. I have said this before. I've said this on every other show uh, that I've been on. I've, I've said this on all the live streams that we do here, okay? The single most important thing for your college football legacy is oftentimes your final act, right? What you do at the very end of your career oftentimes paints your picture of who you are as a college football player and how your legacy is viewed by LSU fans and the national media. I cannot state enough how long of a time it is from Jaden Daniels' final game versus Texas A&M until the actual Heisman Trophy ceremony uh, will happen, right? The buzz could wear off here with Jaden Daniels with some of the other Heisman Trophy candidates uh, being available and, and playing in the conference championship weekend. Now, on a, 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 on a somewhat cruel note, uh, one of the Heisman contenders, a little bit more of a long shot, Jordan Travis, is hurt, unfortunately. A very nasty injury. I hope he uh, gets better. So, obviously, at this point, the two quarterbacks that Jaden has to worry the most about is Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Bo Nix has not won, but two more very difficult games on his schedule. On his slate, I think Bo Nix is a very good quarterback. And obviously, yesterday there was a lot of hot taking going on with some Oregon journalists saying, Well, Jaden Daniels would hold a clipboard if he was at Washington or Oregon, which obviously is wrong. Um, but we're in this spot now where Bo Nix does have some high profile games left on the schedule. And he very well could light it up and win this award. It is interesting, though, that the betting odds yesterday have moved Jaden Daniels to a favorite, right? He was plus money before yesterday. Now he is in the minus, which means he is favored um, in theory, right, to actually win this Heiser Trophy uh, candidate. So it it should be very interesting uh, to see how these final two weeks play themselves out. Now, we move our focus to Texas A&M. Will Jaden Daniels light up this Texas A&M defense? Brian Kelly mentioned in the press conference that the Texas A&M defense is the best defense that we will play this season. Slight disagreement. I think Alabama's defense is better, and we also have the added benefit of playing Texas A&M at home in a final game of the season where Texas A&M really doesn't have all that much to play for compared to last season when it was their final game of the season, right? Um, obviously different circumstances. This game obviously does not hold the same magnitude or interest as last year's game did, but that's okay, right? Um, in terms of the college football playoff. This year, though, 
don't you think Texas A&M would like to be the one to spoil Jaden Daniels' Heisman candidacy? They would love it. They would absolutely love it. And if we're being honest, one of Jaden's worst halves at LSU was the second half versus Texas A&M last year. So lots of demons to be exercised in this matchup almost every year. I do think Jaden lights him up. We saw LSU open at Circa as an eight-point favorite. You've seen sportsbooks consistently now have it as a 10.5-point spread. And you take a look at the poll question here. LSU by 11 or more is currently winning this poll at 57%. Okay, so let's get to a few questions here. Let's go to Jordan. Is there any game plan for Jalen Henderson at quarterback. So this is also a big story going into this next week. For a while now, we thought it was going to be the Max Johnson Bowl, right? It was just two years ago when LSU was playing for bowl eligibility that Max Johnson had one of the best game-winning drives we have ever seen from an LSU quarterback to get us to bowl eligibility, including an absolute dime to Jare Jenkins. So as we often think, college football is full of fun and interesting narratives. We thought after Texas A&M starters, um, their starting quarterback earlier this year, Connor Wigman, got hurt, that Max Johnson was going to lead things the rest of the way. But then he gets hurt. And now Texas A&M is down to Jalen Henderson, who is their third-string quarterback, a Fresno State transfer. And he is more of a dual-threat quarterback. Last week, he had a pretty good game, and uh, we'll, we'll see what he can do on Saturday if they actually elect to play him. We don't know Max Johnson's full status. Obviously, we'll learn it this week, but if we're going to be honest about this quarterback matchup, this should be one of the biggest chasms in one team's quarterback going up against another team's, right? The one thing I would include, though, is Bobby Petrino has full reign of the offense. He doesn't have Jimbo Fisher over him. And I think this is a very different interim situation uh, with Jimbo Fisher leaving and Texas A&M being in the position that they are right now, right? I don't think A&M players feel all that bad for Jimbo Fisher. They really don't. When you as a player know that a man got paid 65 gazillion dollars to just not coach uh, anymore, it's actually 76 uh, million dollars. I don't feel sorry for him. I don't know how you feel. Um, the players look pretty inspired this past weekend, obviously against a not so great opponent, but Jalen Henderson, um, also out of California is only a sophomore. Uh, he is a year three sophomore though. Um, 410 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, and a ton of rushing yards, okay? A ton. So far this year for Texas A&M, he has 94 on 25 carries. So not a gazillion, but obviously compared to the other two quarterbacks, he has some true uh, dual threat ability, okay? Blanche says we struggle with everyone. He says the Texas A&M secondary is not that good even though there are some players on that secondary that we would love to see join our team this offseason. So there you go. Let's go window Israel. Welcome to the channel with Drew Brees as his profile. This is JD5 for Heisen. I hope you hit that subscribe button. Good to see Kedrick in here. Johnny5, Joseph. 
Uh, Semper, good to see you. Jordan says, I'm so glad I, I got to go watch Jane Daniels live. You are very lucky that you got to have that opportunity. Not many people can say that. Not many people can say that. Okay. Now, some other things Brian Kelly talked about in the press conference today that I found noteworthy. Okay. It's important to listen to the full press conference because sometimes you miss things that aren't tweeted out or clipped out. Um, it's very important to take all of that into consideration, which is why I'm here, which is why I'm here for you. Okay. The first thing Brian Kelly said he addressed when he got to LSU was the offensive line. They pitched a near shutout versus Georgia State. Now, were there some mistakes mixed in there? Yes, but they were so freaking good. Now, once again, it is a lot easier to block for Jaden Daniels than other quarterbacks. So their job will become tougher next season when Garrett Nussmeyer is a quarterback just because of the, the play style, right? Um, but this LSU offensive line has been fantastic, and I can make a case this is the best LSU offensive line we've seen. They are really, really freaking good. Um, so give Will Campbell, Garrett Dellinger, Charles Turner, um, Miles Frazier, and Emory Jones a lot of credit. There really haven't been a whole lot of games where, you know, outside of Alabama where you could say this guy really had a tough, um, this guy really had a tough, this guy really had a tough. They have been really good. They have been really, really, really good, and it should be interesting considering Miles Frazier and Charles Turner still have eligibility left, right? So those guys could make uh, a next-level jump if they choose to do so. Um, I think Garrett Dellinger could do the same if he wanted to, but I think at this point uh, all of them will be back. I, I um, Well, not all of them. Um, most of them will be back. It does feel good that Will Campbell and Emory Jones are locked in for another season. Let's go to Blanche with our first Super Chat. Do you think Wingo will come back next year? That's a very good question. And that was actually going to be the next topic uh, that we got to. Brian Kelly was asked about the possible returnee situation. And the first thing, and, and this is very clear, and I want this to be known, that the senior day ceremony that will happen on Saturday, which is an 11 a.m. kick. As those players run out to the field for one final time, it is important to note the following. Okay. Just because you run out on senior day does not mean your career at LSU is over. Okay. It does not mean that at all okay so you're going to see a lot of players run out on senior day brian kelly made an important clarification and this is how it's like at quite a few different places for senior day they base it off your academic calendar okay so if Malik Neighbors or someone like that runs out on senior day. Well, it's pretty clear they're trying to honor him before he makes a big decision uh, before going to the NFL. But especially because of the COVID year, Josh Williams can come back next year. Okay. Josh Williams would be a welcomed addition for next year's team because he's obviously a very good football player. Um, 
And I would love Josh Williams to come back for one final season. He is a 2019 recruit. So on 2019 LSU, he was a scout team guy, 2020. Then in 2021, he was seldomly used. And then it really was the Brian Kelly era LSU Tigers where Josh Williams has become a, a star, right? Um, a media representative for us at SEC Media Days, right? He is a really good football player. Makai Wingo is kind of in the same spot, right? Makai Wingo, not as old, of course, as Josh Williams. He is in a position now where last year, Makai Wingo was the best defensive lineman that we had. Then this year, he began the season playing at a pretty high level. Then he gets hurt, okay? And then he elects to have um, surgery, and he should be fully healthy by this time next year. Even he tweeted out earlier this year, if LSU were to be in the playoff, he would be available or he would try to be available. So I'll let you know that he is healthy um, by spring, maybe next fall. Obviously, if LSU had spring football, he probably wouldn't partake and they would just wait to get him out there in the fall. But if you're Makai Wingo, you have to weigh the following, right? You have played a lot of snaps at LSU. You've played a lot of college football snaps in your three seasons as a college football player. Do you want to play another season of college football before going into the NFL? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But at this point, he is not a high NFL draft pick. So if he comes back, we'll see if LSU um, – what would have him back, which they would, right? But what would the rest of the defensive tackle room look like if he decided to come back? Well, Guillory is probably coming back. Mason Smith at this point, could he be drafted on five-star potential and uh, a somewhat early breakout age at a, a, as a true freshman here? Maybe he can. Maybe he tries his best at getting to the NFL at the next level. But I truly do think him coming back would be a good thing. I think this entire defensive tackle room should come back. I'm not sure if any of them really have that much NFL draft uh, love at this point. Also, Brian Kelly was specifically asked about the defensive tackle room as a whole, and he is very clear on wanting to rebuild that room, but he also said he feels pretty good about his edge players moving forward. So very interesting stuff. And I, 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 I would like to see where this LSU defense elects to go with their defensive coordinator next year. Um, I, I thought it was fascinating that there weren't any madhouse questions. There was a question about the resolve of this unit, um, making the, not giving up any points um, after, you know, a slow start in this game. So yeah, it's, it, it should be um, for LSU when they're rebuilding this defense, they should feel pretty good about some of the players that they have coming back. My issue is what kind of scheme do you want to run? What do you want to do? And the thing that bothers me about this defense is I just can't get over how uncertain we are of our roles in this defense, right? It's a very strange situation, okay? Now, 
Now, we talked about all the injuries. We talked about Jalen Henderson um, a, a, a little bit better. It also It is also important to point out that despite it being Georgia State, Jaden Daniels' prolific performance earned him SEC or co-SEC Player of the Week again, right? He had it versus Mississippi State. He had SEC Player of the Week versus Arkansas. Um, yeah, obviously, versus Missouri. He's been incredible in terms of SEC Player of the Week. Also, Brian Kelly was asked about Malik Neighbors for the Heisman Trophy, and he did say that Jaden Daniels, the numbers are starting to separate from everyone. I thought it was interesting that when asked about Malik Neighbors or Heisman, Brian Kelly made a very interesting move. He said, hey, let's take a look at Brian Thomas Jr.'s numbers. His numbers are better than the leading receiver at other institutions. So I thought that was very interesting. Also to show love to BTJ, who has been absolutely fantastic for LSU. So there you go. I really appreciate the Super Chat Blanche. And here we go. How will Jimbo survive on $26,000 a day? What's up, George? Good to see you. Say hi to Michael, Matt. Coach, what's good? He says, I think Max Johnson is scared to play LSU. I'm joking because he hasn't played against LSU. Yeah, he hadn't played against LSU. So there you go. Connor Wigman is out, though. He's been out for a while. And he, of course, is Texas A&M's best quarterback. Posted Madden says, I think the good side of the LSU defense will come out for this game. Let's go to Roger Dodger. He says, JD5 playing in a blowout to run up numbers for the Heisman was hilarious. Okay. There has been a lot of discourse over this. Jaden Daniels running up the statistics for the Heisman Trophy versus Georgia State when the other quarterbacks also had some stat patterns versus their non-Power 5 teams. Whatever argument people make against Jaden Daniels for Heisman is not a good one, okay? There really is only one argument you can make against Jaden Daniels for Heisman, but it's something that you could apply to Bo Nix and Michael Penix, okay? But I don't want to go down that route um, at this point. If you super chat, we will, okay? Because I, I, I've, I've discussed this at length over the past couple of weeks. Um, but the truth still remains the same. Any metric you look at shows you that this Heisman Trophy race is not close. Touchdowns, check. QBR, check. EPA per play, check. Um, yards per attempt, check. Average yards per play, check. All time. I, I, I want to include this yet again. Expected points added is the most well-respected stat in the football analytics community. There is a difference between EPA and EPA per play. Jaden Daniels, when it comes to single-season EPA, all right, is a top-six quarterback of the modern era. Let me repeat. Top six, and that is a totals number. That is not a rate number. 
okay? That is hard. It is so hard to have a total EPA of 118.4 at this point in the season with two games left to play for LSU. That is astonishing, right? There is a piece of me that wants Jaden to play in the bowl game to where he can stack on an argument for being the best single season quarterback ever. The only guy when it comes to pure numbers that compares to Jaden Daniels is Joe Burrow. Now, I've said it plenty of times. It will be nearly impossible for Jaden's legacy to, you know, compare to Joe Burrow's legacy because Joe did not have a bad game. He hardly had bad halves. Jaden has had few of those this season, and they were very early in the season. But when you just look at the numbers, only Joe Burrow compares. Only Joe Burrow. The only two quarterbacks to average over 400 yards per game, Jaden Daniels and Joe Burrow. Okay. Now, that will need to continue versus Texas AM. This final game is so important for Jaden Daniels' legacy because you take a look at the, you know, the timeline of this narrative, it really start to pick up for the Florida game, right? Jaden Daniels suffers, uh, you know, the concussion and he's cleared for the Florida game. And then he has this superhuman Florida game. And then this next week or the week after the Florida game was when all the national personalities were saying, well, Jaden for Heisman, Jaden for Heisman, Jaden for Heisman. And then it started getting to Pac-12 Twitter, and then we had this whole debate, and then the national talking heads had their debate. And now we get to this Georgia State game, which a lot of casual viewers helicoptered in and never watched Jaden Daniels. And now they're saying, well, that was Georgia State. So all eyes are going to be on Jaden Daniels this Saturday, okay? The only thing that Jaden has working against him on Saturday is the biggest annual matchup in college football is happening at the same time, Michigan and Ohio state. Okay. Not my favorite rivalry, but it's going to probably shatter some records. That game will be happening simultaneous. It happens. But if Jaden puts out the performance that he, we know he can, it should catapult him to the Heisman trophy. Okay. Now the one thing you should be cheering for for Jaden to win the Heisman, I don't think Michael Penix can get there. You take a look at EPA, take a look at um, unless voters are just totally hung up on him being undefeated, it, it would be very hard for him to catch Jaden or Bo Nix at this point. You are heavily, heavily cheering for Oregon State this weekend in the Civil War, right? Um Oregon and Oregon State played last year in this game. Omar Spates played in the game. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Carvis, you did not miss anything other than um, – well, actually, you missed a lot. This has been a fun live stream up to this point. Um, let's see. Kendall, welcome to the channel. At this point, JD5 shouldn't have competition in the Heisen race. These national reporters are biased for whatever reason. The numbers don't lie. I'll say this, Kendall, about the, the national reporters. And we hope you hit the subscribe button and ring the bell, man. And don't forget, we post these live streams 
uh, on Spotify and iTunes. If that's your jam, please go subscribe, rate, review, five-star reviews, all that stuff. But I prefer you guys be on YouTube. I don't think, I, I really don't think um, the national reporters have a bias against Jaden Daniels. They have a bias against flawed logic. All right. Now I'm about to say something that is very controversial, and I waited to do it at this 30-minute mark. Okay. I'm about to say, I'm telling you, the most controversial thing that uh, I know some of you will strongly disagree with, and that's coming up right after this. He- HL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Winning is so, so, so overrated. It is overrated. We associate everything to wins and losses in sports. And in particular, you should not factor winning in when it comes to an individual player's success. You shouldn't do it. For some reason, we do it with the quarterback position in football, which is silly. Okay. Now, I am open to hearing more conversations about basketball players and their effects on winning and losing because there's only five on the court and you got to play both ends of the floor. But winning is so stupidly overrated in, in American sports. Okay. Sure. I want my team to win. I would prefer an LSU national championship over a Jaden Daniels Heisman. Uh, I think every single one of you would agree with that. But there are so many different factors that go into winning. Okay. So many different factors. All right. To the point where saying one individual player is solely responsible for wins and losses is stupid. It is absolutely stupid. Okay. And the reason why wins and losses are such a lazy argument is if you cared about the sport and you actually watched the sport, you could see that that is the absolute truth, right? Because if you were at the LSU Ole Miss game, like Robert Griffin III was, you would have seen that LSU missed 30-plus tackles. And this goes for a lot of different things, right? Um, Kobe Bryant, Game 7. Versus the Boston Celtics went six for 24. Was he the main reason the Lakers won the championship? Yeah, he was. But he needed a team, right? He needed Pal Gasol, he needed Ron Artest, he needed Lamar Odom to have great games in. Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time, right? Because he's won the most Super Bowls. But did you know his best performance in a Super Bowl was a game that he lost versus the Philadelphia Eagles, right? His individual greatness in that Super Bowl game was incredible. He threw for 500 freaking yards in that game. Defense couldn't stop Nick Foles. Um, and much of Brady's Super Bowls that he won, guess what? It was because his defense was incredible. He won a Super Bowl 13-3. to Okay? Stop it. Wins and losses overrated when it comes to an individual player's success. Is it part of the equation? Yes, especially 
in the long term, okay? But so much is driven by how many championships did you win and so on and so on. It's stupid. It's a lazy argument, and it requires far more nuanced discussions than if this guy won or lost. And I'll also say this before we get to this next super chat, okay? Um, I, I, I will say this, and I had a very long conversation with um, a diehard PHLer yesterday, Van, about this. And this has been one of the most viral tweets that we have had this year. If you don't follow me on Twitter at Power Hour LSU and my personal account at Carter the Power, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Go follow it now. If Chris Hilton catches that Hail Mary pass that hit him square in the hands, okay? Yes, he was interfered with, but you got to catch that. Okay, with the game on the line, we need you to catch that. If he catches that pass, I mean, that is one of the most legendary plays we have ever seen. Like, that would have been one of the most dramatic, not quite bluegrass miracle, like, stupendous, but it still would have been near that level of insanity. This Heisen race wouldn't be close if Chris Chris Hilton caught that pass because that play would have been echoed in eternity. Uh, how many times that it, it probably would have been that the clip of that play probably would have been viewed 50 million times. Um, it, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Right. So Jaden Daniels individually deserves to win an individual award. Wins and losses don't mean crap. They don't. Now, one final thing, cause I don't want this message to get chopped and screwed into something else. Individual success is not important over winning. Okay. I think that's part of why our defense has struggled because we haven't bought in to the idea that you make it an individual play isn't as important as you running the play or you doing your job on the play. But that's why it requires a lot of nuance. And I just hit my hand pretty hard. Let's go to Blanche. Is Denver and Deuce gone? Trey Bradford has been disappointing. I still have no idea where Trey Bradford's been. I've not even seen him dressed out. Um, I I haven't. So there you go. Has he been dressed out? Maybe one of you can illuminate um, me. If you guys, on Saturday, be looking for Trey Bradford on the sideline. That has probably been one of the most bizarre um, situations we've ever seen. Okay. Is Denver and Deuce gone? Okay. I, without knowing all the details here, I am to a certain extent a little bit more sympathetic to Deuce Chestnut for this reason. The, when, he, when he was suspended or taken out of the game, or taken off the team, whatever, inactive. That was a one-time thing, right? It seems like there was one big thing that happened or maybe a few big things and he was just gone. Denver Harris has been one of the most destructive players to ever play at LSU. I know that that sounds harsh, but 
you are given a golden opportunity. You have so much talent in the world, and you have been in and out of the lineup. He was, you know, healthy scratch for Florida State back in the lineup. Then he struggled, then healthy scratch again, back, then healthy scratch again. Okay. And when he played, he was bad, as was Deuce Chestnut. He just wasn't good. I don't mind players struggling. I really don't. College football is hard. But I feel it is the job of people, and you can do whatever you want on any channel that you might have. Um, Black OT, thank you for the super chat. We'll uh, get to that in just a second. But let me finish this one thought. I feel like when players aren't doing the right thing, Okay, we don't know the full story. They deserve to have their chance to defend themselves. And guess what? If they're watching this channel, they are. I always have an open door policy for any current or former player to jump on the channel. Okay, um, or, or message me, tell me whatever. Um, I'm always open uh, for new information. But if you aren't out there with the team for reasons that are not injury or obviously very serious stuff. Uh, if if there's not a legitimate excuse for why you're not out there, you are deserving of criticism, right? Your best ability is availability, okay? There are so many players that would kill for the opportunity uh, to, 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 to play for LSU or be a part of DBU, right? And those guys just wasted this opportunity. Um, I don't mind struggling. I don't like, I I've gotten a few messages, uh, uh, regarding Ashton stamps performance this past weekend. It didn't really shock me that he struggled. Uh, it shouldn't shock anyone that a true freshman struggles. Um, but he, he did, but the bottom line is he played hard and he's there. Okay. He shouldn't be playing. But other guys have not done their jobs and and done what is needed and, and held the standard for being an LSU defensive back. It should be the ultimate honor to be um, an LSU defensive back. But at this point, our cornerback room has turned very rancid, and it's not good. I mean, we had the best reputation in the country for corners, and this is tough to watch. It's tough to witness, okay? Let's go to Black Goatee. If I say if LSU is winning by 21 or more points with less than a minute left in the game, put JD5 in at safety for one play just despite the silly wins and losses debate. Let's go. Um, let's be honest. Okay. Let's be honest. What I would do. Okay. Now, it would be hard for us to do this because we would need a stop, but let Jaden return a punt. Put Jaden back there, punt returner. It's what got Charles Woodson uh, a Heisman Trophy. Let Jaden return punts. Uh, kidding, but being serious at the same time. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do uh, as far as like Jaden's Heisman candidacy. The one thing I would have done, all right, versus Georgia State, and they probably would have seen it coming from a mile away. One thing 
I would have done. All right. And it would have helped both Jaden and Malik is I would have run the Philly special. Okay. We did it versus Purdue and Malik neighbors had the uh, throwing pass touchdown to Jaden Daniels. Um, that would have helped out both their Belitnikoff and Heisman candidacy because, well, it, it, it just looks cool. It gets clipped and shared throughout. We should run the Philly special versus Texas A&M, right? Because that's that will generate headlines. I'll be like, oh, Malik can throw for touchdowns or Jaden can catch him. Uh, we, and we even talked about the Tom Brady Eagles Super Bowl where the Philly special um, came to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jaden Daniels, what a, what a freaking career you let's do it. Yeah. Skipper was the one that called it. He said, uh, Skipper was not only right about that. He was right about, uh, Omar Spates. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been a tough go. Good to see you skip. Mm. I say, I say, I say, let's run, I'd say, let's run the Philly special. Let's do it. That's yeah, true. That's true. But let's let's run the Purdue. Uh, same thing, same formation, same players. That's true, Michael B. I agree, man. Michael B. Super diehard patron supporter. Gotta love it. Um. My my thing is find a quarter if we just want to talk about wins. Okay. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, be t- yeah. True. True. Uh but let's run it with let's let's run let's run it. Let's run it. Yeah, LD, uh Run it. We haven't needed them. I would have loved to have seen more of those last year, but we, I, I can't really complain about the uh, the LSU offense, right? Um, one thing, one thing that will be interesting before we get the Wade's uh, super chat. Um, <clears throat> next year, we are going to need to run the football a lot more than what we are now. I mean, Jaden's playing so well and nobody can stop him that you don't really even need a running game because he kind of is your running game. Um, so let's go to Wade, man. Appreciate you, Wade. Yeah, I totally drew a blank on the the, the Philly special Fumperuski from trick play from this past weekend. That's on me. But let's, let's, see, um, let's see us do it again. Huh? 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 Uh, let's go to wait. What if LSU knocked out Milrow in the game and LSU won? What would Saban Ball of Hate be saying today? LSU D is missing aggressive play. I agree with this. I do. It is also interesting, Wade, that um, your profile photo here, we have not worn this jersey combination in forever. The gold helmet purple jersey gold bottom let me know what you guys think do you like this combo right here better than the white helmet purple top white bottom i love the white helmet 
purple top, white bottom, way better than the gold helmet, purple top, gold bottom. Okay. But yeah, we, I, I will, I will say this. While I was cutting the film study yesterday, what really shocked me was how little we care about contact on defense, right? It seems like we fear being tenacious. And what do I mean by that? Well, I won't single out any single player on this, but you could see it for yourself on the film study yesterday. So Georgia State, this was in the second half. They they ran the football up the middle, and they actually ran it to the left side, and we had what I would consider to be a light box. Okay, We had six guys in the box, and we're playing obviously with two safeties, and they had a heavy personnel out there. They motioned their tight end. So we were outnumbered in the box, and that should be a successful run play, right? That's good offense if you run into a lighter box and you got more people in there. So the running back gained five or six yards. Jordan Jefferson split a double team. He couldn't make the tackle. Um, and he ran through an open hole. And guess what? We hit him five yards after uh, the initial run. Okay? That is a good stop. If they have us outnumbered in the box and – they get five yards, and we hold them to a five-yard play, I would consider that a good defensive play. Now, in terms of success rate, that is a really good play for the offense. But it's not an explosive play. And for us defensively, it's not a great play, but it's also not a bad play. So why do I mention all of this? Well, both of our safeties did not come to help tackle all their offensive linemen ran up and pushed him forward for an extra five yards. And that right there destroys me. Okay. It is simple. Every single one of you probably watching this right now wouldn't be able to last a second on a power five division one college football field. I know I couldn't. Okay. However, I would like to think all 70 plus of you watching this live right now over the, in all the hundreds of thousands and millions of views we've had on this channel, whoever you maybe that's watched this channel, I would like to think that you guys would play hard and you would know if a ball carrier was pushing a pile forward, your first instinct should be to get in the pile and prevent him from being pushed forward. But that's not what happened. They kept pushing our pile forward and to go along with Wade's super chat here, we're missing some of that. Now, I'm not saying that you should go headshot QBs and, and play out of control, but most championship teams have guys that you fear. Uh, you know, as much as I don't like Dallas Turner, it's effective. You have to account for him. You know he can knock your quarterback out. That would strike fear into me as an offensive coordinator. Who on our defense does any offense fear? Uh, do they fear, you know, some of our defensive linemen who fire straight up off the football and hardly ever get pressure? No, they don't fear that. Do they fear 
Um, our guys not diving into piles, being aggressive, making plays. They don't fear that. Do they fear our, our DBs right now? No, they don't fear that. There's no fear. And they sure as heck don't fear any game plan that Madhouse has at his disposal at this point. Okay? There is one player that that, that offense is fear, and that's Harold Perkins. And we still haven't figured out the absolute best way to use him. Now, we've gotten more comfortable, and we've gotten a better idea how to use him. But the one guy that we fear had a really good pass rush versus Georgia State early in the drive on a third and long. Forced the quarterback to scramble forward for only five or six yards. And because of the pressure that Harold Perkins had on that play, there was an open receiver that probably would have gotten a first down, but the quarterback had to tuck and run it. Then on the next play, they convert a fourth down that we didn't even have Harold Perkins rushing the passer on. Okay. That is the bottom line. We haven't used our best player correctly. Um, and if you can't figure out how to use them, then get someone in who knows how to use them. Okay. Let's see. My my pen fell apart. We see uh, L.A. Wyman here. Sibs in here. Let's see Sibley. Thank you for all your support and. Generosity Sibs. Uh, I do want this to be known as well. There is an outside shot, I'll be at the Texas AM game. Outside shot. Okay. Outside. All right. We we are we, we are missing some bite right now. We are. LA Mob, don't worry, I won't rat you out to your boss. <sighs> Yeah, Jay Madison, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole with, with, with that situation, but he he was he was right. And I actually disagreed with Herbstreet at the time because I felt like the scheme was a bigger issue than like our mentality and toughness and all of that. But there was some truth mixed in there. Okay. I think also part of it is Maybe, maybe, just maybe we're lacking the leadership, right? Would this defense be as bad if Greg Brooks was still available? Probably not, okay? Definitely not when, when Makai Wingo went out. So if you were to be asked before the season, who are the two leaders of the defense, those would be the two guys you would pick, right? They were both voted captains, and they haven't been there. We've lacked some leadership there. Um, it's just the truth. Okay. Let's go to Cliff. Yeah. I mean, we're lacking some of that. We are. We are. Now, here's what we're going to do. In the next 10, 15 minutes, I'll answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep going all day. Keep going all day. Um, I'll keep me in um, keep me in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, my uh, someone pretty close to my family had a pretty big surgery uh, this this morning, so um, she still wanted me to do the show. Uh, so I, and it's not my wife, by the way, because I, I would tell you off it was Haley, 
But um, but yeah, everything apparently went pretty well. But I I got like a phone call right when I clicked basically live. So um, so yeah, that's why like at the beginning I was like just kind of spaced out. I was like, dang. Uh, but I I know things went well. I know they did. Okay. Yeah, Chance, you do begin to wonder if it is like a deeper thing. Is it something else? Um, I don't know. What what I will tell you though. Okay. Are there other teams whose defenses have lost a step that were in that program? Like, have there been other great defensive programs that have lost a step, per se? I think there have been. Like, for instance. The Florida Gators, okay? Florida's defensive recruiting has gone down some, but not some amazing amount. Florida for years now, years whether it was Todd Grantham then or Austin Armstrong now. They've had all different types of defensive assistance, okay? Their defense has continued to suck, okay? There are other defenses that you can look at, and you could see some of their elite play begin to fade, right? We've seen Georgia's defense get had a few times. Not a lot, but they, they've gotten had a few times. Now, they did shut down Tennessee last year. That was pretty impressive. But, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer went out there and lit up Georgia. We saw Peyton Thorne, uh, who had not thrown for 100 yards, have a pretty productive day running versus Georgia. We've seen Georgia struggle with outside zone. So, in theory, defenses have just gotten worse as all rules begin to favor offenses and the games have just become more offensive, per se. But... Georgia still strikes fear in you, right? They still have occasionally elite performances. They're still top 10 in every defensive metric you can find. So defenses in general, you know, we won't ever have a team like the 03 team that will totally win a national championship with their defense, okay? But we would like to have something better. This is LSU. We should not settle for anything less than elite, okay? We have got to get someone proven. We have got to get someone who has, you know, a track record of putting out elite defenses um, and guys that would be very hungry and look at LSU as a career step up for them, okay? If you look, a lot of the great coordinators at LSU are guys that were on the ascent of their careers. They weren't guys that was at another stop and then made a lateral or downward move back to LSU, okay? Let's go to Shane here. Shane, welcome to the channel. Oh, look at that. He has a photo there with the... Who is that? Oh, that's uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe right there. That's good stuff. 
what a wasted season to have a Heisen hole for a winner and finish with three losses because our defense had no pride. Everyone needs to go involved in creating this defensive culture. I think I think they have pride. I, I don't think that all the players are are playing for themselves. I don't think that. But I can tell you there are some selfish players. Okay, and that has got to stop. That has just got to stop. Okay. So there you go. And once again, if you're just joining us, the big story here for me, obviously the big overarching story is Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors. But the most curious story was Whit Weeks. Brian Kelly did confirm that he had a gash on his foot. And uh, the stitches are out, and he should be available for Texas A&M. So, you know, I've heard all kinds of rumors. And look, you guys send them to me. I always like hearing crazy, crazy, crazy rumors, okay? I get phone calls all the time, all right? Uh, I've Tiger droppings, whatever. I like hearing all of it. I do. But be careful what you hear. Always be careful what you hear. Ooh. Let's see. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's raining outside. I melt in the rain. I am glad, though, that we are seeing more of you guys uh, sharing uh, my Heisman Trophy. And it's not propaganda. It's just real stuff. But, you know, my Twitter account has basically been me showing love to Jaden Daniels. I just want to show you what I was talking about a little bit earlier today, okay? So the EPA, all right, EPA can be a very inconsistent statistic, okay? But this is a totals stat, okay? Totals, so cumulative. I want you to see in the far right column here for Jaden Daniels, all right, EPA for Jaden Daniels all time, is already number six, 118.4. Look at the total number of plays that Jaden Daniels played. 462 total plays for a 118.4 EPA mark, okay? Which, I don't have the EPA per play numbers pulled up here. He's by far the all-time leader in EPA per play for a season, a single season. But look at Patrick Mahomes, okay? Patrick Mahomes, a ridiculous 116.0 EPA for 784 plays. Jaden Daniels has exceeded his EPA with, what, 
300 fewer plays than Patrick freaking Mahomes at Texas Tech? Look at that. Look at that. 300 fewer plays. Jaden Daniels and Patrick Mahomes right there in the middle of your screen. It's wild, man. It's wild. More than Baker Mayfield? It's unreal. It's truly spectacular. Uh, Jay Madison's already talking about USC next year. I don't. <laughs> I'm not ready to have the USC conversation for next year. I will say that'll be a battle <laughs> of coaches under very immense pressure, more so Lincoln Riley than Brian Kelly for obvious reasons. So there you go. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Big thanks to Blanche, two big super chats, Black Goatee, and my guy Wade. Thank you guys so much. And I'll be live tonight, Blake Rafino's show, AYS, 7.30, and then I'll see you uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 8.15 Central. Should be a good one. Hit it! Power. Hour. LSU. Boom! I'm kidding, Shane. I know that was Magic Johnson. I was trying to think of some random guard. I was like, Earl of Pearl Monroe. Yeah, it, it does owe a uh, chance, but that was a single season mark. So it wasn't. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. And tonight we're doing Detroit-style pizza. Let's go. Whew.